Podcast Answer Man, episode number 316. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hi, Randy Cantrell with BulaNetwork.com. You're listening to the Podcast Answer Man, Cliff Ravenscraft. Just don't ask him to do math. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this is my... This is my friends. No, this, my friends, is the podcast about podcasting, helping you take your show to the next level. doesn't matter if you're a brand new podcaster, if you've been podcasting for many years, or you haven't quite yet recorded that first episode. There's something we can all do to take everything we do in life to the next level including keeping a calculator next to your desk so that you can do math. Uh, Thank you for that intro there, Randy Cantrell. My friends, it has been three weeks since I've sat behind this microphone, and I've missed it. I have absolutely missed behind sitting behind this microphone, and I am so glad to be back. Um, Many of you have uh, personally written in the comments section or sent me emails saying thank you for the three episodes that I produced out there for the, uh, the weeks that I was going to be gone, or at least the two weeks that I was out of town, and I'm glad that you enjoyed those. Not everyone, however, was happy with episode number 315, which if you, if you have not listened to that episode and you ever plan to do an interview, check it out. It's uh, podcastanswerman.com slash 315, and the title of that episode is 22 Tips to improve your podcast interviews. And um, it was kind of funny. I got one piece of feedback that uh, originally I thought, oh my gosh, this is this is not good. Somebody's really upset with me. Uh, and it's, uh, I think the username was uh, Godly Dad on Discuss, the comment section. He says, Cliff, I'm here to complain. You're a nice guy and you put out some really amazing content, but this episode has me upset at you. You have ruined my podcast listening life. I just got done listening to another podcast this morning, and all I was thinking about was how the podcaster wouldn't shut up and let the person they were speaking to talk. Throughout the entire episode, they would ask a question that literally took 30 to 60 seconds to ask. Then when the guest answered, they did not let that person talk. But once they finished, whammo, off they went to another two to three minutes about how they liked the guests and said how much they... You know, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) I kept yelling at the radio in my car, shut up and let them speak. Cliff, now I can't just sit back and enjoy podcasts anymore. Now that I have, now that I know how it should, how it should be done and what I should watch out for, I'm constantly critiquing the shows now. And just in case you didn't catch it, I'm joking. I'm not really mad at you, but it's true. The episode has changed the way I listen to the podcast I subscribe to. Plus, it's going to help me do a better job in my sh- on my own show in the future. Hope you had a great vacation. Maybe one day in the future, I can join you, your family, fans on one of these fabulous vacations. And so, Godly Dead, thank you so much for your feedback. I really did think you were upset there for a minute, um, but I totally get it. I totally understand what you're saying, and it's one of the reasons why I have a tough time listening to some interviews because there are uh, some folks out there that have some really bad etiquette when it comes to uh, the way they interview. Specifically, taking three to five minutes to go on and on about asking a question, showing, you know, how much time, you know, all the things that I talked about, you know, in in the last episode. I won't go into it here. But yeah, I've noticed those things and that's why... I was asked back in 2011, September of 2011, to put together an article on podcast interviewing etiquette by one of my friends and clients, and um, and that was the basis of the foundation of, of actually all the tips that I shared in last week's episode. It's really funny, though, because I actually got another person, Brad H., he says in my comment section, sounds like you were ranting and going after some very popular shows, Cliff, like, and I won't, I won't say the name of the podcast that he mentioned, 
Uh, but I can tell you right now, I responded to him and said, listen, I wasn't going after any particular show. Uh, the things that I mentioned, the 22 things that I mentioned that you want to watch out for when you're doing podcast interviews, these are things that I've noticed many times since 2005. And yes, some of my friends do these things. My friends, sometimes I do these things. Th- this wasn't just singling anyone out or any show out. And specifically for Brad, uh, the show that he mentioned that he thought that I was actually picking on with some of the, how passionate I got about some of the topics, uh, that show did not exist when the top or the actual tips were originally written down in September 2011. That show did not start until September 2012. So I certainly was not picking on that individual podcaster or that show. Um, and here's the deal. I knew this when I recorded the, ep- or right after I recorded the episode. I knew there would be at least 30 of my close friends and also clients, podcast producers, if you will, out there who would think that after listening to that episode that I was singling them out individually. And that simply is not the case. Most of these things are mistakes that I have made myself that I got negative critical feedback after doing interviews and there are things that it's like oh wow yeah I, I've done that and since then I've heard it done over and over again especially since podcast about podcasts that are focused on interviewing other experts that just seems to be this huge gigantic growing trend keeps can I mean I don't know how many more of these podcasts can be out there but the fact is is there could be an unlimited number because guess what there is no one out there asking the questions you would ask in the way that you would ask them so that that is how many there could be there could be as many shows interviewing experts as there are people out there who are willing to create a podcast and and do it but no just want to point out that last week's episode was not reflected Uh, on my thoughts or feelings about any single individual podcaster whatsoever. It is literally a tip. It's 22 tips that I'm extremely passionate about when it comes to interview etiquette, and it's things that I've noticed and seen and even have, um, you know, have been a part of my own podcasting journey of doing hundreds of interviews of my own since 2005. So, just if anybody's out there wondering, it was not uh, geared toward anyone. Anyway, Godly Dad wrote in there, he says, I hope that you had a great vacation. And obviously, some of you uh, are already aware that the reason why I was gone for two weeks is that I had my gspn.tv community dream cruise. And it was awesome. Uh, I got to hang out with some folks that I've known for years only online and uh, put the face-to-face reality behind our relationships. Of course, I've experienced that multiple number of times in all the conferences that I've gone to and as well as the meetups that I've hosted. But this is the first time where I spent four days and four nights hanging out with a bunch of folks from the community. And that extended period of time, uh, our families mingling with one another and uh, just getting to rub shoulders and have dinner every night for four nights, it, that was just such an awesome experience. And I just want to say a special thank you to Randy Crane from MouseEarVacations.com. Uh, Randy's been a longtime member of our community here at GSPN, and he's been listening to all of the shows uh, for, for years. And if you guys are looking to book a cruise or any kind of vacation whatsoever, and especially if you're doing anything with Disney, um, I, you know, a little shout out to my friend Randy Crane from MouseEarVacations.com. The other thing I will share with you is after the cruise disembarked, we took a day off. And then the, the day after that, we had a meetup inside the Disney parks. Uh, we started out at Animal Kingdom and had a few fe- folks join us there. Krista Joy uh, she has a Disney podcast, DisneyParksPodcast.com. Krista found that we were hosting this meetup at the Disney Parks, and she showed up in Animal Kingdom and gave us a tour and helped us find uh, the quickest routes to everywhere we wanted to go and got us our fast pass uh, passes just in the right sequence so that we really honestly didn't have to stand in line that much at all. And the times that we did spend in line was uh, was really good quality time. You know, they they were short waits, but the time that we spent, I got to hang out with Jared Easley and 
Tony Elam and and just some other folks from the community, and it just was a fantastic time. Oh, and by the way, Winnie came from Belgium, which was awesome. So she flew all the way to uh, Orlando. Actually, she was already in the United States. Normally, when Winnie comes from Belgium, she stays with us here in Kentucky. But uh, when she emailed me, I said, we're going to be in Disney. We'd love to have you come down and uh, visit Disney with us. And so she did. She came to Disney for a day. We have some really close personal friendships uh, with people in the GSPN community, which, by the way, the Podcast Answer Man podcast is an offshoot. It grew out of the GSPN.TV community, uh, the GSPN.TV network. Uh, so if, you have, if you're not familiar with the backstory, you can learn all about that at podcastanswerman.com slash about. There's a video there that's called Our Story. Uh, that you can watch. But anyway, special thank you to uh, Randy Crane from MouseEarVacations.com and also uh, Krista Joy from DisneyParksPodcast.com. Those folks made our trip and also our uh, meetup in the parks so much more enjoyable. Oh, and by the way, um, gosh, I got to see Walter Johnson as well. Uh, He came in uh, to Magic Kingdom late that evening uh, when we did the meetup during the evening. So it was good to see him as well. All right, so vacation went by fast, although it was just long enough for me to really enjoy myself, get unplugged, and it was long enough to say, you know what, I'm ready to get back to work. And two weeks is about the limit of what I would want to have to be away from doing this work. And here's the thing. When it comes to vacations, it you know there are some people who live for the weekend. There are some people who live for vacation. They live for ways and opportunities to get away from the 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 job that they have. And today's episode of Podcast Answer Man, I, I've determined is not going to be technical at all. And so f- f- right here, right now, if all you care about is helping uh, me helping you uh, find the right wires and cables to hook this up and why isn't this working? How can I get this to happen? You know, you guys know I, I have tons of episodes that are focused on those kind of things. But today is a little bit more of a mindset slash career focus and what do I want to do with life kind of episode. And if you don't like those, you can hit stop right now and, and just check in uh, next week. They'll be, I'll be here and I'll probably have something different than this episode. But today's episode, this is all coming, uh, well, this isn't just coming from a video. This is coming from... Well, my experience in becoming an entrepreneur and doing the work that I love and leaving my career in insurance, you know, the, I, many of you already know the story about the, the fact that I worked in an insurance agency, a family-run insurance agency, one that was in the family since 19, I think it was 1935, and I was expected to take over the family-run insurance agency. Uh, it was an independent insurance agency, auto, home, life, health, business insurance, all that good stuff. I was licensed there, made lots of money. Um, and, and as far as, you know, job security comes, I had about as secure a job as you can get. I mean, it's pretty difficult to get fired from the family business. And trust me, um, that I've seen that, <laughs> I've seen that time and time again. Uh, but, but yeah, it, it, let's just say this. I, I had the, perfect opportunity when it came to surviving, to making a living, to, to, to continuing on to be able to provide for my family financially. There, there was no trouble, no concern whatsoever financially. In fact, to tell you how good it was, my wife and I were almost $100,000 in debt. Un- let, let, let me go back. My wife and I were almost $100,000 in unsecured debt. That's outside of our mortgage. And we found the Dave Ramsey plan and we got out of debt within, I think it was probably, I don't know if it was four or five years or whatever. Stephanie could tell you those details. But it, within a couple years, we got completely debt-free minus our mortgage. So as you can tell, we were making some serious income in the world of insurance. And I kind of liked my job until I discovered this hobby for podcasting, this thing that I really enjoyed, this thing that I loved. And it kind of became consuming for me. I got behind a microphone and talked about experiences in my life and things that I was passionate about, like the TV show Lost. I talked about technology. 
I talked about, um, you know, faith and all anything else that just was that I was interested in, the things that I was passionate about. And I got behind a microphone and I started to share my story, my experience, my feelings, my opinions, my thoughts, and I gained an audience. And that was just for me. That was awesome. And and not only did I gain the audience. But the way that I, I communicated with people when they left feedback and stuff like that, over time, I, I realized these are the people that I want to do life with. I want to do life with people who share my passions, who share um, you know, a love for the things that I love. And you know, so many times in insurance conferences and stuff like that, I would go to the conference where they had this training course or continuing education or something like that. And I would meet these other insurance agents and had nothing in common with these people. I always felt like a fish out of water. They're talking about sports and drinking beers and all that other stuff. And that's just not who I am. And those people had no interest in all the hidden clues and Easter eggs and theories that I had about the TV show Lost. Needless to say, it was hard to find people who liked the same things I liked until I discovered this, this online world. And the question was posed, you know, probably about a year, within a year of me doing podcasting. At that point, I was already starting to kind of see my day job uh, that, you know, is my quote-unquote career, my secure, you know, responsible job. I kind of started to see that as a hindrance from doing the things that I really love doing, which is creating podcast content, connecting with people who share passions with me, and, and really in my mind, making a positive difference in the world by sharing my experiences online and helping others and encouraging and inspiring people, educating them, and yes, even entertaining them from time to time. And I like, you know, if somebody once said, and I might have read it in a quote, might have heard it in a podcast, or might have actually had all of those experiences, but the this one phrase, this one quote kept coming to my mind, if money were no object, what would you do? And I always hated that question. If money were no object, what would you do? And for the longest time, I would have never really had an answer to that. But once I was several months to a year into podcasting, I knew very clearly that if money were no object, if if I didn't ever have to worry about money, then by no means would I do insurance. I would be I would be podcasting. I'd spend my life creating content. Um, I would spend my life entertaining, educating, encouraging, and inspiring others. I would spend, and it's not necessarily just podcasting. I would find any way that allows me to speak to the largest number of people, whatever message I feel led on my heart to share about my experience in hopes that it would make a positive difference in someone else's life. And so, you know, since then, you know, there have been other avenues that have been added to what would I do, which is public speaking and some other things. But the one thing that I do love most is getting behind this microphone and talking to you. That's what I love most. And and so if money were no object. And then there was another quote that kind of went on with that that says, do what you love and the money will follow or follow your passion and the money will follow. All right. And so those are two things. Those were two recurring themes that I kept hearing over and over and over and over again. And I must tell you, that I thought those were the most ridiculous things I'd ever heard in my life. Seriously? You know, well, if money were no object, it's like, come on, money is always an object, right? You know, you can't go and do something unless you have the money. You can't pursue a hobby without money. You can't do this without money. If you're married or if you have kids, you have to have money to be able to to get this thing off the ground. And that was just something that was in my mindset. And I can tell you right now that that's just not true. And it is absolutely true that if you do follow your passion and you give yourself to it, that I do believe the money will follow. If it's, if it's you following your heart, you're following your dream, you're following whatever it is deep in your life. And I used to have a hard time really giving that advice because what if, you know, and and by the way, this doesn't, I'm not suggesting that everybody out there needs to go and quit their day job and start their own business around their own hobby. That's not what I would say because there, I can tell you really clearly right now, there are some people out there that are just, they just don't, they're just not meant to run their own business. 
they don't have what it takes. Now, I fear saying those words because I, you know, there are some of you that quite honestly, you do have what it takes to step out on your own. You do have everything that it takes to make it on your own, to run your own business and to make your dreams come true. And I fear that you'll hear my words and say, some some people just aren't meant to do it. And you'll just say, yeah, that's probably me. And it's probably, and it may not be. But then again, <laughs> it may be. I don't know. Uh, it, it's a tough question. It's one of the reasons why I have not yet le- leapt into the whole career coaching field. Although I certainly have my toes dipped into that water. Uh, and I have for <laughs> the last couple of years. I've had a lot of one-on-one coaching calls with people who've actually wanted to hire me to talk with them and it had nothing to do with podcasting at all but had more to do with asking me questions about how I got my business started and how I did this and how I do that and how do I organize my day and what's it like working from home and what are the you know drawbacks and benefits that you've seen of this and that and so I've done a little bit of that but uh I've I, I still have a little bit of hesitation and and really uh, encouraging someone to go one path or another, uh, and and so I haven't I've like I said been dipping my toe into that that pool for a while, but uh, not quite there just yet. But something happened this week, and this is actually what it, it actually came up while I was on vacation. I was actually spending about an hour or so each day trying to keep up on my email inbox. And I noticed a couple things happening in the podcast mastermind. And one of them was a, a brand new topic, uh, a thread in our discussion forum. And the discussion topic simply said, this is what the podcast mastermind is really all about. And that's it. And as you can imagine, when somebody else in my podcast mastermind starts a discussion thread with the topic of this is what Cliff's podcast mastermind, this is what Cliff created, this is what it's really all about. That gets my attention. Even if I'm on vacation and I'm just checking in on my iPhone, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. And then all of a sudden I, I, I click through and there's no written text. It's just a link to a video on Facebook. That's it. There, there's no written, and it's like, oh gosh, now I got to go find out what this video is. And of course, I was out and about, and you know, it was really loud, and it was a sunny day. I think we might have been out playing putt-putt or something like that. And so there's no way I could actually find out what this video was actually saying without me, you know, pulling away from the family and going to a quiet place where I could see this video and, and stuff like that to see what, you know, Carrie might have just said, hey, everybody in the podcast mastermind, just in case you were wondering, this is what the podcast mastermind is really all about. And... Um, so I, I didn't have time to do it and, and I kind of forgot about it after about an hour or so. And later that evening, when I got back into checking my emails, I had left that one into, uh, my, my label for podcast mastermind and I pulled it up and I loaded up the video and it was this, and I'm actually going to play the audio for you. Matter of fact, the video, uh, the, the video that they created, um, for this is just to give visual aid uh, to the audio track. Uh, by the way, the I, I did a little bit of research, and I'll tell you a little bit about this video. Uh, the video seems to have come from a YouTube channel under the username Tragedy and Hope. All right, and the words that you're going to hear are from. It, they're narrated. It's narrated by Alan Watts. Now, I'm not sure if I'd ever heard of the name Alan Watts before this or not, but I did go to alanwatts.org and I read up uh, a little bit about his biography. Now, he is somebody who has quite a uh, diverse background in his um, in his life as far as when it comes to his faith or, or, or his uh, worldview. Uh, there's a lot of Buddhism uh, in his past and Taoism and, and all this other stuff. And he was once an Episcopal preach, a priest and and all of these different things. And and there was once a time in my life where if it wasn't Christian, then I I kind of like would shy away from anything that anybody had to say. It's like kind of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Uh, but one, one great friend of mine, a mentor of mine, somebody that I love so much and I, I miss him dearly, his name is David H. Foster, 
And uh, he is the person who, who coined the term. He says, listen, he goes, Cliff, don't you believe that all truth is God's truth? And so, therefore, if it's true, it's true, even if the person who is sharing that truth may not always share truth. And you know what? I kind of think about my own life. Have I been 100% honest in my entire life? I, you know, I, I, I strive for integrity and honesty and stuff like that. Uh, but have I ever shared a white lie or have I ever told a fib to anyone? Well, of course I have. And chances are you have too. Uh, but the thing is, is does that mean that when I'm actually talking with someone, just because I may have shared something that I knew to be untrue, or maybe just shared something that I was just completely, I, here's, I know that I'm guilty of this a lot, sometimes sharing things that I believe in strongly to be true when they're actually just not true. My wife will tell you that all the time. <laughs> just ask her. Uh, she, she, she loves to tell me that I, no, Cliff, that guy was not in that TV show when we're watching a movie. I'm telling you, and she goes look at it. She looks it up on IMDb. Say, I told you he was this guy, and I'm like, okay, you're right, and I believed it so strongly too. But because I'm wrong, or because I may have have uh, you know said something that's not true in the past, does that mean everything that I share should be not looked at? Should be kind of taken with a grain of salt? Well, I, I think everything ought to be tested to see if it's true. But if it if it turns out that it's true, then it's true regardless who the messenger is. So I say all of that to say this. I, I really don't know enough about Alan Watts to say how much I agree with. I, matter of fact, I'd never heard anything from Alan Watts other than this video. And I did click on some of the other videos on this Tragedy and Hope uh, YouTube channel. And I heard the cu- couple, just the beginning of a couple of his other things. And it's there's some things that do sound a bit new agey and stuff like that. So I, I just say all of those disclaimer things, but I can tell you right now, I've gone through and listened to this word for word several times, several times, and what I wrote to uh, Carrie after I listened to this video, or watched this video and, and listened to the soundtrack of it, I wrote back and I said, Carrie, you are correct, exclamation point. This message is at the very heart of the mission of the podcast mastermind. All right, so again, this message is the very heart of the mission of the podcast mastermind. And with that, I am now going to play for you the audio. It's about three, it's just under three minutes in length. And uh, have a listen to this. What do you desire? What makes you itch? What sort of a situation would you like Let's suppose, I do this often in vocational guidance of students. They come to me and say, well, uh, we're getting out of college and we haven't the faintest idea what we want to do. So I always ask the question, what would you like to do if money were no object? How would you really enjoy spending your life? Well, it's so amazing as a result of our kind of educational system, crowds of students say, well, We'd like to be painters, we'd like to be poets, we'd like to be writers, but as everybody knows, you can't earn any money that way. Or another person says, well, I'd like to live an out-of-doors life and ride horses. I say, do you want to teach in a riding school? Uh, Let's go through with it. What do you want to do? When we finally got down to something which the individual says he really wants to do, I will say to him, you do that. And uh, forget the money. Uh, because if you say that getting the money is the most important thing, you will spend your life completely wasting your time. You'll be doing things you don't like doing in order to go on living, that is to go on doing things you don't like doing, which is stupid. Better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way. And after all, if you do really like what you're doing, it doesn't matter what it is, you can eventually turn it, uh, you could eventually become a master of it. It's the only way to become a master of something, to be really with it. And then you'll be able to get a good fee for whatever it is. So don't don't worry too much, Uh, that's, uh, everybody's, uh, somebody's interested in everything. And anything you can be interested in, you'll find others in 
But it's absolutely stupid to spend your time doing things you don't like in order to go on spending things you don't like and doing things you don't like and to teach your children to follow in the same track. See, what we're doing is we're bringing up children and educating them to live the same sort of lives we're living in order that they may justify themselves and find satisfaction in life by bringing up their children to bring up their children to do the same thing so it's all wretch and no vomit. It never gets there. And so, therefore, it's so important to consider this question. What do I desire? What do I desire? I, you know, I, I, I could listen to that over and over again and, and I can tell you, friends, that in my experience, this is true. It is absolute truth, and I believe it wholeheartedly. And Carrie is absolutely right. Um, Carrie said, he says, this is what the podcast mastermind is really all about. And in my own words, I said, this, is the, at the, this message is the very heart of the mission of the podcast mastermind. And it's what I'm very passionate about. And so I, I went through, and uh, I took some notes on on each of the lines you know that were shared in this in this video I kind of transcribed it myself and before I do that I, I'll just share with you this this started a good discussion about um, about this topic in the podcast mastermind and one of the members of the podcast mastermind after I, I posted you know after Carrie posted this video and then I said yes this is at the very heart of the podcast mastermind at uh, the mission of the podcast mastermind Another member actually wrote this, said, are you sure you really mean that this is what you believe? What do you tell your own children when they want to follow their heart and not the money? Don't you say that they have to get an education first, the money first, and then dot, dot, dot? And so in response to that, I won't read for you word for word, but uh, I'll just share with you what I, in the heart of the message I, I responded with is, Yes, I am very much sure that this is what I believe. And what do I tell my children when they want to follow their heart and not the money? I, I, I want to say to you that I would tell them to follow their heart, to follow what makes them happy, to follow what drives them, to follow that thing that they feel called to do. This is why I love the movie Monsters University. If you have not seen the movie Monsters University, you should. All right, and I and I don't often should on people. All right, but this time I'm going to should on you. I am going to say you should go see Monsters University. It is a fabulous movie, and it has this message in it as well. And the idea of Monsters University is it well, it's a guy who young who was young in life knew what he wanted to do. All right. And had this dream and this vision of what his future would look like. And he knew that he was going to pursue that. And of course, tradition tells you that the only way that you can get there is through going through all the years of education and doing it this way. And you have to have these qualifications. And when it turns out, in reality, what traditionally is known for what he wants to do, it he just doesn't seem to have what it takes. But something exciting happens and i won't i won't uh ruin the movie for you but uh, i will just say that i absolutely loved monsters university so much so that um the hat that an individual wears in that movie i even have a hat just like that i bought it at the disney parks and i've decided that that's the hat i will always wear and it will always remind me of this message when when i'm wearing it it will remind me of this message and so what do i want to tell my own children is that you don't have to you know, it, it depends on what you want to do. You don't have to f- follow the money. You you can follow your heart. You can give yourself to something. And let me go to the to the notes that I took from this video. What do you desire? What makes you itch? What sort of situation would you like? All right? Those are the first three questions. What do you desire? What makes you itch? And to be honest, and, and of course, what sort of situation would you like? It almost seems selfish at first, doesn't it? Uh, some of you out there who might be hearing this message for the first time are thinking, that's a little pie in the sky. Nobody gets what they want. You know, you, you can't always get what, what, what you want, but you find sometimes you get what you need, right? Was, wasn't that the great philosopher of the Rolling Stones or somebody? 
you, you don't always get what you want, but you, you find sometimes you get what you need. And that's the message I think so many of us live under. But no, uh, I, I do believe that the only people who get what they desire who are, are the, they're the people who dare to dream. They're, they're the people who dare to have a desire. They're, they're, they're the people who dare to scratch the itch. They're the people who envision the situation that they would like. The ones who are, who are bold enough to dream of the future that they hope to have those are the ones who actually achieve it. And in, unless you believe it's possible, I don't think that you achieve those things. Now, now, I have not met people who just fell into what it is they love to do. They had to take bold moves to actually believe it was possible. And this is for me. What did I desire? What makes me, you know, what made me it? It was podcasting, getting behind a microphone, sharing my story, talking about the things that I believe that, that I'm passionate about. What sort of situation would you like? Go back and listen to episode zero, zero, one of this podcast. And you'll hear that I created this podcast in December 2006. And I think I shared that within five years, I'd love to be able to, man, my dream would be that I could be able to do podcasting full time as my career. Well, my friends, I dreamed that. I put that out there. I put that out there even though many of my clients in insurance, in the insurance world would know that they could listen to that episode. Um, it was public information that that was a desire of mine. And in December of 2006, I put that out there. And in, uh, let's see, so this, that was so in September of 2007, nine months later, I made the announcement that I was going to, that I gave my 90-day notice. One year after that, I was living out my last days in, as an insurance agent. And in January 2008, just one year, one month after recording and producing and publishing that episode, telling you what my dream to, of the world is, that thing, that situation that I would like in my life, well, it was reality. And it wasn't five years later. It was one year and one month later because I dared to scratch the itch. I, ha- I dared to have a desire. And yeah, it felt weird. It felt countercultural. It felt like, man, I this seems so irresponsible I, I have a wife who is who is a stay-at-home mom she she doesn't have she doesn't bring an income in we're a sole single income family we have three young kids this doesn't make sense who am I to put my dreams my desires ahead of the 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 interest of my family my wife my kids that's just ridiculous those were the kinds of things that I had to deal with in my mindset. And, and so many times, and, and, I, and we'll continue on with the, the, the message of this video, students graduating college with no idea of what they want to do. You know, I, I went to college, and I actually dropped out right at the time when I had to start taking classes that determined one way or the other. And by the way, I was a junior in college with a 4.0 GPA. And so I was doing pretty darn well. Uh, and I did. I, I'm a college dropout. I'm proud. I'm proud of it that I'm a college dropout. And yeah, you know, I probably could have taken a couple more math classes, but uh, that's that's a whole nother story. My calculator does me well. But uh, thank you very much, Randy Cantrell. That's a little uh, shout out to you there. But anyway, uh, what you know, what would you do? He, he, the students who say, you know, graduating college, I have no idea what I want to do, and he says to them. What would you do if money were no object? How would you really enjoy spending your life? And let me ask you, and, 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 and I had to ask myself this, is it okay to enjoy our life? Aren't we meant to suffer? You know, isn't work a curse that was given to us because of the fall? Wow, some of those things were really ingrained to, uh, in, in our lives. And I, I, I say that for some of us, you know, some of us who grew up in, in certain areas of the world and, and under certain uh, teachings, you know, we, we come to think that, you know, wow, we're not meant to enjoy life. You're not, we're not supposed to enjoy work. Work is supposed to be something that we toil to survive. And, and it took me a long time to get over that one. It took me a long time to get over that one. And um, I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did. But the question is, is what would you do if money were new object? And I already shared with you how I struggled with that one. I, 
I and some of you I can just hear you. It's like, dude, money is such an object right now. You have no idea. And and you know, there's some practicality to that. Maybe you need to actually you know join the Dave Ramsey brigade and and get serious about your debt and get out of debt. I I can tell you right now, if if I didn't get out of debt, I don't know that I could have made the decision uh, that I made. Uh, so I had to get myself into a position where I could dare to dream and and where I could scratch my itch. And I'm thankful that, you know, before podcasting even became a part of my life, I was already on the Dave Ramsey plan and we were we were on the right path to get debt free. Uh, but but it was very clear, you know, that I knew how I would really enjoy spending my life. And so that's what he asked these students. How would you what would you do if money were no object? How would you enjoy, how would you really enjoy spending your life? And he has some students, and, and, and this is what I love. I, I, I've, and, and I deal with this as podcasting A to Z coach, you know? People come in, you know, it, you know, what people's like, what should I do a podcast about? And this is why I love sharing with you that episode a couple episodes back with Dan Matson, you know, the wooden boat guy. You know, I'd like to be, a, you know, some of the students would say, we want to be painters, we want to be writers, we want to be poets, but everyone knows that you can't earn any money that way, you know. And and so so he, he gives an example. One student says, "I'd like to have an out of doors life and ride horses." And so so Alan says to him, he "says Okay, so do you want to go out and teach in a riding school?" And I love the visual behind it. it showed it showed you know people out there or showed horses out in the field and stuff like that. And and absolutely somebody who wants to live an out of doors life and ride horses, they could move someplace, and does this mean that they actually have to own their own, you know, start their own horse farm, and build stables, and have a ranch, and all that's, no, that could it, is it possible that you could move out to Wyoming, and find somebody who has horse stables, who are looking for somebody, who could work for them, and help, you know, and, and, and basically, when out-of-town people come, and they want to learn how to ride horses, or Maybe other people in the area, their kids are growing, you know, you know, growing up, and they're going to be working on ranches. They want to learn how to ride horses. Can you teach them? Absolutely. So that's just, and that's just one idea. There's, and and it's not all about becoming an entrepreneur. It's not all about, you know, doing your own thing. It's it's about finding that thing that you love. That you know, are you called to an out of doors life? And and you know, is your greatest joy and passion getting on the backside of a horse and riding? Through the wind, and if so, does it make sense for you to spend the rest of your life pushing a pen inside an air-conditioned office? You know, that's that's a question. And he says, so so he says, so do you want to go teach in writing school? If so, let's go through with it. All right, and and so that's the thing. And so many people do have a difficult time. Finding that one thing. You know, you ask them the question, if money were no object, what's one thing you would love to do with your life? You know, if you, if you could live, if you can enjoy spending your life in any way, what way would you enjoy spending it? What would your days look like? What would you do if money were no object? And so many people have a difficult time coming up with any one thing. Some people have a hard time coming up with, you know, and some people say, well, I have so many different things. And, you know, I, I question whether that's really the case. Um, you know, if you, if you have so many, you could just pick one, right? And, and you could just do it and you'd be happy, right? Well, if you say, well, no, because I wouldn't be happy because I wouldn't be doing the other things that I'm equally, it's like, so you don't have that one thing. You know, if you, what was that, what's that one thing that drives you? Because so many of the, you know, if you find that one thing and we'll get to this, as a matter of fact, he says, when we get down to something that the individual says he likes to do, I say, go do that. And forget about the money. All right? And, and, and I love what he says, and it's actually a little further down. You can become a master of it. You become a master of one thing, and it opens up the opportunity for so many things. So, you know, I, what I did is I went with it. I, I went through with it. I, and, and by the way, 2008, not a good year financially. All right? It was not a good year. It was not, a good, it was not an easy year. It was the most difficult year of my life. But I got through with it. I went through with it, and I did not give up. And I pursued. And I wanted to give up uh, a couple different times. I, I want. I mean, not that I wanted to go back and get my job, but I, I thought that I, you know, maybe I should. Maybe it would be the responsible thing to do. Uh, you know, it questioned a lot of my belief in this message. But 
The reality is, is I knew this, I would not be happy in life. I would not be happy if I were not pursuing what I'm doing now. I knew that. And that, that conviction is what got me through. And yeah, money was not there in 2008. It was not there. But we made it through that. And today, the money really is there. And the money is very good. And, and so, um, I, I love, he says, what, he says, you will, do, um, where is the master thing? I'll get back to the master of it because there's a phrase that'll catch me right back to that thought. He says, anyway, when we get down, to, uh, get down to something that the individual says he really wants to do, I say, go do that and forget about the money. And this is my next phrase. I really love this. Because if you say that getting the money is the most important thing, you will spend your life completely wasting your time. I'll say that again. Because if you say that getting money is the most important thing, you will... Spend your life completely wasting your time. You know, as a consultant and coach, I love teaching people who um, and coaching people who know what it is they want to pursue. I, I, I am energized by it. I am thrilled by it. When somebody, you know, and, and, and that's the thing. When Dan Matson came into podcasting A to Z, he was not one of those guys. He was, he was a guy who was ready to create a small business coaching or a personal finance podcast, just like so many other people. And they were doing it for whatever reasons. And, and, and when it came down to it, um, you know, Dan got a little bit of a glimpse of this message. And he's like, you know what? Wooden boats. That's what, yeah, wooden boats. And listen, go back and listen to a couple episodes back. You know, he, he's still not at the place. He has... I can see multiple opportunities for him to uh, pursue uh, financial gain from that podcast, and he's still not doing it. Why? Well, he doesn't have to, you know. And and I love that. Go do that. Forget about the money. Forget about it. Seriously, forget about it. Uh, and 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 you know, pursue your your dream. Pursue your love. Maybe while working. Now, Dan Matson still has work that he does during the day. He, he pursues this passion, this dream on the side for a while. Um, and and he, he, I don't know how long he will. Maybe he'll do it until retirement. I, don't, I have no clue. That's, that's his journey, his life, his dream, his goals. But for you, what is that? You know, I don't know how it's going to look in your life. I didn't know how it was going to look in my life. There's, if, by the way, people often ask me in an interview, Cliff, if you can go back to yourself when you first started this thing, and, and change anything, tell yourself anything. I will, I, I hope that I'd never have that opportunity because number one, I, I believe that I would need to make every single mistake and do every stupid thing, say every stupid word I ever said. Uh, I, I, I want to make all those mistakes because those mistakes and living through them and get and pushing through and coming out better in the end is what's made me who I am today. And so I don't want to ever change anything in my past. But here's the deal. If I looked, if if I the if, you know the 2007 version of Cliff Ravenscraft look and saw my life today in July of 2013, I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm going towards this. But if I if if I if my December 2007 self looked at myself in July of 2008, I would have stayed in my day job. I would have because it was tough. It, I would have not wished that on anyone. Um, in January 2008, I spent two, I think it was two weeks in the hospital. I almost died there because of my medical conditions. And it was because I pushed myself too hard, working around the clock, nonstop. So, you know, I, you know, it, I, I don't want the opportunity. But you know what? I went through with it. And I forgot about the money. Um, well, th- th- actually, that's not true. In 2000. 2008, I was very much concerned about the money, but I pushed through doing what I was doing even though the money wasn't there because I knew that it was not, the money was not the most important thing. My great friend, Father Roderick Von Hoden, said to me, says, Cliff, you need to continue to pursue this because when you get behind the microphone, you are helping people in ways that you just don't understand. And he says, and the way that you are helping people, uh, that ultimately, in the end, there's no way that you can't succeed. And and those aren't the exact words that he said. I might have actually quoted him in the past and actually got a little closer to what he said. But he says, listen, you're doing something valuable in this world. And somebody who does the kind of things that you're doing for people, they don't fail. 
the, the you know with the convictions that you have and the way that you desire to serve that type of person does not fail when they're pursuing what they're pursuing and that gave me so much hope and so much encouragement even though the money wasn't there and and I do believe this statement if if all you're concerned about is the money and that's the most important thing you'll spend your life completely wasting your time um and and I love the message that he says. He says, listen, you will be doing the things you don't like doing. Why? In order th- so that you can go on living, right? So why am I going to stay in this day job that I hate, that I despise, that I loathe, you know, hating this, trying my best desperately to spend a weekend away or living for that two-week vacation and, and not ever wanting to go back to the day job because I hate it so much, you know, why will you continue to spend doing things? You'll do those things that you don't like. And why will you do it? So that you can earn more money, so that you can go on living. And why would you want to go on living? Because that just means that you're going to go on doing the things that you don't like. And I love what he says. He goes, which is stupid. And I believe that. And I'm sorry if that's hard to hear, but I do believe it's stupid. If you consistently pursue the things which you hate and despise without any idea or dream of how you might escape it. It just doesn't make sense. You know, so many of the obstacles that you think that are there that keep you there are not really obstacles that are holding you back. It's your thoughts that are holding you back. He says that it's better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a life spent in a miserable way. And this reminds me to the very first time I ever heard that Garth Brooks song, Live As Though You Were Dying. All right? Now, I am not a country music fan myself. My wife is. That's cool. I love her. Um, and, and stuff like that. I, there's, there's sometimes I can, you know, listen to a couple country songs and really enjoy them. I was at a conference back, way back in the day. This is back when I was in official ministry. And I went to this thing called the Catalyst Conference. And third day is this Christian worship band, or rather Christian uh, Christian rock band, if you will. They were leading worship at this uh, this uh, conference called the Catalyst Conference in Atlanta, and they sang this Garth Brooks song, "Live as Though You Were Dying." And um, I'm going to pull up the lyrics, and and I want you to hear the lyrics to this. Okay, so I've just shown you how much, uh, I'm back by the way, I just paused and came back. I just showed you how much I know about country music because it's not Garth Brooks at all. It's Tim McGraw. But anyway, here, here's the video, or here's a little bit of audio right here. You said I was in my early 40s With a lot of life before me When a moment came that stopped me on a dime I spent most of the next days looking at the x-rays talking about the options and talking about sweet time I asked him when it sank in that this might really be the real end how's it hit you when you get that kind of news man what you do and he said I went skydiving, I went Rocky Mountain climbing, I went 2.7 seconds on a bull named Blumanji, and I loved deeper, and I spoke sweeter, and I gave forgiveness I've been denying, and he said, someday I hope you get the chance. All right, there you go. That's as much country music as you're ever going to get from me here on Podcast Answer Man. But, uh, you know, those lyrics, live like you were dying. I mean, uh, if you, you'll be doing the things that you don't like doing in order to go on living so that you can continue to do the things that you don't like doing, which is stupid, is what he said. And it's better to have a short life full of doing the things like riding a bull named Fu Manchu and Rocky Mountain climbing and skydiving and all those other things. It's, it, it's better to have a short life doing the things that you love. And if, if you knew that you only had a certain amount to live, would you, be, would you continue to do the things that you're doing? If you knew you only had six months to live, 
would you continue to do the things that you are are doing and uh and 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 sadly so many people would not be doing the things that they're doing i you know and you're thinking well you know of course nobody does right and i would say no that's not true if if i if i were to find that i only had 6 months to live i would imagine you'd be hearing a lot more podcast consulting from me or not podcast consulting but uh podcast content coming from me um you, you i would have even a greater passion to help people get their message out into the world i'd have a greater passion to help people understand that they shouldn't waste their lives doing things that they don't like doing and um yeah and and i look at steve jobs you know this is a guy who had cancer and gave the commencement speech and says, listen, you know, do the thing that you feel most called to do, the things that, that that drive you, the things that wake you up at night, the things that you should be doing. And uh, in fact, I think I even have a little clip of that. I'm convinced that the only thing that kept me going was that I loved what I did. You've got to find what you love. And that is as true for work as it is for your lovers. Your work is going to fill a large part of your life, and the only way to be truly satisfied is to do what you believe is great work. And the only way to do great work is to love what you do. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking and don't settle. As with all matters of the heart, you'll know when you find it. And like any great relationship, it just gets better and better as the years roll on. So keep looking. Don't settle. All right. And so... You know, if you think, okay, well, he says that, but did he live it? And he did all the way up until the day he died. You know, Steve Jobs was committed to what his vision was. And, and you know, that was one of the reasons why I really enjoyed reading the biography of Steve Jobs by Walter Isaacson. And, and what I was most inspired by him is that he was so driven by the thing that he most wanted to do, what he most wanted to accomplish in life. And when he found that his life was drawing closer to an end, which he did know, he did continue doing the things that he was doing because it wasn't the money. For him, money was no object, and guess what? He continued to do the same thing he did before he reached that diagnosis. So that's the question I have. You know, are you doing the thing that you most want to do in life? The thing you feel most called to do in life? Going back to the video, it says, after all, if you do really like what you're doing, it doesn't matter what it is, you can eventually become a master of it. Whether that's being a poet, a writer, a speaker, uh, a podcaster, (laughs) a podcasting coach, um, a, a life coach down the road, maybe, uh, conference facilitator. I mean, anything. You know, if you really love what you're doing, it doesn't matter what it is. If you actually go with it, go through with it. Forget about the money. Really go with it. He says, "Listen, the only way to become a master is to be really with it. Is to be really with it." And then he says, you will become so good that you'll be able to get a great fee for what it is that you do. Do what you love and the money will follow. Become so great at doing what you love. And actually, what was it? Oh, man, there was a great quote that I once had. Um, it It was something like, find something that, okay, find something that you love to do so much that you'd be willing to do it for free. And then become so great at doing that one thing that people would be willing to pay you to do it. That was another quote that really got me through. Find something that you love to do so much that you'd be willing to do it for free. And then become so great at doing that one thing that people would be willing to pay you to do it. And I love that it just, you know, what what about living outdoors and riding horses? Nobody's ever going to pay me to do that. Why not teach people how to ride horses? so that you can spend most of your day outside doing that one thing. And then you become so great at it, you become a master of of riding, of teaching horses, horseback riding and helping people enjoy the outdoors or whatever the case may be. You become so great at it, you become a master at it and you become well paid at it. You become the most desired person in that area for what you do. 
and the pay that you get is is it, all of a sudden the money follows. And you might think, well, there's other things I want to do with my outdoors life than just riding horses. Well, guess what? When the ultimately the money does come, and it does allow you to go on uh, trips with your family to San Diego. Uh, and and fly the entire family out there. It does allow you to go on a two-week cruise with members of your podcasting community and your family of five. You know, it, it allows you to spend two extra days at the Disney parks with your family of five and, and spend an extra week while your business continues to make money because of the way that you've set it up because it, you've become a master at it eventually. And the other thing is, is you know, I, I love this. He says, um, don't worry so much about you know whether or not you know anybody's ever going to pay you cuz whatever it is that you're interested in somebody else is interested in it he says somebody is interested in everything anything you can be interested in you can find others who are interested in it and he says but it is absolutely stupid to spend your time doing things that you don't like in order to go on doing things that you don't like so that you can raise your children to grow up and spend their time doing things that they don't like so that they can continue on living which is to do more things that they don't like to do so that they can then teach their children he says we're bringing up our children and educating them to live the same sort of lives that we are living it's all wretch and no vomit and therefore, it's so important to ask, answer this question, what do I desire? And that, my friends, is my message for this episode of Podcast Answer Man. And it's over an hour, but it's okay. You know, I'll be back to my normal routine schedule next week of content, but this is what, I, this is what has been on my heart. This has been what's on my mind. And, you know, you hear me talk about... Uh, podcasting A to Z and I love helping people who know what it is they want to do and they're ready to get known for it and sometimes that's just starting things as a hobby on the side you know and and just trying to figure things out um, you know it, it, you don't know where it's going to take you sometimes what it is that you create as your podcast you, you find that you, you pursue it for a while you do 15, 20 episodes and you decide, you know what, this is, this really got me to understand a little bit about myself. And I thought that this was what it was, but now I'm pretty sure this over here is what I want to do. Is it possible to change my direction? Can I completely redo my website and my podcast? Of course you can. Once you know how to do it once, you know how to do it again. And it's easier the second time. So... This is why I love. I, I love where I'm at because, yes, do I have a heart for teaching people, you know, and encouraging people with my experience of leaving the day job that, pers- you know, that I was pursuing because I thought money was the most important thing to provide for my family. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, I love, I love helping people understand that it is possible to leave that, and it, and it is a dream of mine one day to to maybe have a little bit more of a focus on life coaching and educating people in the entrepreneurial way. Now, again, not necessarily that I don't, that I believe that everybody needs to be an entrepreneur. I'm okay with people being an employee at the writing studio or the studio or stables, whatever. Um, I'm okay with people who are, you know, not running their own business. But my own heart, my own passion is to help people Understand that if your desire is to do some of the things that I've desired to do and made them happen, that it's possible if you pursue your if you pursue the passion. If you if you find something that you love to do so much that you'd be willing to do it for free. And by the way, you may have to do it for free for two years before you quit your job. And you may actually have to do it for a year without making hardly any money at all when it's the only source of income that you have. Those are the tough times. I didn't say there's no risk involved. There's certainly risk. But man, on on the other side of this thing, for myself and all the other people that I know who are living lives that if they were diagnosed with cancer, they'd still be doing the the same thing next week that they did before they got that diagnosis. Yeah, I know those people. And they, they sacrificed and invested as well. Anyway, that's my message this week. And, uh... I'll tell you what, I do have a testimonial for podcasting A to Z, and I'll play it right after this song, at the music here. God bless. Helping you to get the thing you do to the
Hey Cliff, this is David J. Solar from Relationship Marketing and Sales Podcast. Wow, I can't believe it's been six months already. I remember when I started just six months ago, I mean, the only thing I really knew how to do was listen to a podcast, <laughs> not do one. And at this point, I took your A to Z course, if you remember, I followed your directions exactly. And now, obviously, now I have my website up, I have my podcast, I have a community of people listening to my show, I've met so many great people, I've interviewed yourself, obviously, but Pat Flynn, Bob Berg, the best-selling author, The Go-Giver, Rebecca Livermore, David Seitman Garland from The Rise to the Top, Dan Miller, another best-selling author, Jesse Leahy, and so many more people that I've, that I've interacted with. I have been so humbled by the response of my show also. It's been in the new and noteworthy in iTunes and in the top one of the top management and marketing uh, podcast. And I really couldn't have done it without you. And I basically just followed exactly what you said to do and just did it. I'm a big fan of your A to Z course. And obviously, all my success in podcasting comes directly from your A to Z course. Thanks so much. Podcast. Add some man.